house of the Lord tonight, thankful for all the blessings the Lord has bestowed upon us, thankful to be a child of God, thankful in God's providence to allow me to have been born and raised in a country, and in a part of a country, and in a part of the world, where I was able to be brought up in a sound church just like this. And I thank the Lord for His provisions tonight. I want to encourage you to continue to follow the Lord. If the Lord impresses you to say or do something, you just mind the Lord tonight. This is the Lord's service. I sincerely desire your prayers. I need the Lord's help each and every time we try to stand. And I feel very much in need of your prayers tonight and the help of the Lord. So please pray for me as I try to endeavor to do what God has called us to do tonight. If you have your Bibles and would like to follow along, we're going to begin reading in Acts, the 17th chapter, Acts chapter 17, and we're going to begin reading in the 16th verse tonight. Acts chapter 17 and verse 16. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him, when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogues with the Jews and with the devout persons, and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? And some He seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine, may we know what this new doctrine whereof thou speakest is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. I want to stop right there for just a moment before we finish our reading text and to let you know the thought that's on our heart tonight that's going to be taken from that 23rd verse. It's to know, to know the unknown God. I hope and pray tonight that everyone here knows the unknown God. I'm glad that I do. I'm glad that I've experienced Him and that I can promise you and honestly say tonight that I know Him in my heart. That I have experienced Him and that I know Him tonight. And the Apostle Paul, he was traveling and had just been at Thessalonica and I was in Berea and he'd been sharing the gospel. Thessalonica, they pretty much ran him out and then the the ones at Thessalonica, the Jews that were there, followed him to Berea, tried to run him out there and he went to Athens and he was so concerned about the people that were there that didn't know God. They were worshiping so many other gods and that's the day and age in which we live in. Everybody says all paths lead to God and that you can just get to heaven any way that you want to, but that is just not what the Bible teaches us. Listen to what Paul says. He said, you men of Athens, you're too superstitious. You've got a God for everything under the sun. You worship this God and that God. He said, but I noticed that you had an altar to one that you call the unknown God. I want you to know Him is what the Apostle Paul was telling those men at Athens there in Greece. He says, God, this is the unknown God. Listen as the Apostle Paul explains who this unknown God is. God that made the world And all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples 
made with hands. They were trying to build temples. They were trying to uh, put God in a box. And that's what so much of the world wants to do today. But He is greater than this world. He's greater than this universe. And as a matter of fact, He is the one that is spoken into existence by His own very breath. He is the one and true living God. And He's reaching out to them and He says, This is God that made all the worlds and all the things that are therein and all the things that are therein include you and I that are here tonight. God made you tonight. He made you. He is that great and that mighty that not only did He make you, He spoke this world into existence and He had it all set in motion and planned it all out. And it's such a miraculous thing when you look at our solar system and where uh, where this earth is and at this uh, perfect angle, how that we are at an exact distance from the sun and how that God spins it around the sun and He has it so perfect that we don't burn up and that we don't freeze to death and He gives us the seasons. You think that all that came from a bang? came from an intelligent, the most intelligent being that there has ever been and will ever be. It came from the unknown God. Listen, he says, Neither is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Let's get something clear tonight. God does not need us, but he wants us. He loves you tonight. He doesn't need you. But He desires to have you to be His child. And for you to know Him like you know better than you know your parents, better than you know yourself. That's how good of a God He is. He doesn't need us, but oh, how He desires us. Listen, He says, Neither is worship with men's hands as though He needed anything. Seeing He giveth to all life and breath and all things. I want you to breathe in a good breath of air tonight. God gave you that. I want you to look out in this congregation. Every single person in the tears. The blood pumps through our veins. And as God makes us to breathe and move and live, God did that. He did that. You see, we didn't exist and don't exist without Him. Listen, you need to realize who He is tonight. He says, Seeing He giveth to all life, not just us, every creature that has breath, every being that is here in this world, God designed it. He made it. He placed it here into this world. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. And hath determined the bounds before appointed, excuse me, determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. What is he saying there? He's saying that He's the one that designed us. He's the one that made us. He's the one that uh, He took and He but there in the very beginning. How when He spoke this world into existence and He created all things that He had and He went and He formed man from the dust of the ground and He breathed in His nostrils and He became a living soul. And because of that, of that man Adam and his wife Eve, they had children and you are products of the first parents that were here in this world. You are. That's where we came from. We didn't come from this, uh, these subatomic particles that uh, science and so many people teach of and they proclaim it as truth instead of a theory uh, that there was a big bang and then suddenly uh, these particles started coming together. Uh, we know that is falsehood and it's foolishness. Uh, we know if we look to the Word of God that we have an intelligent Creator that spoke this into existence. To think that we came from tadpoles and then frogs and then apes is foolishness. They're still here in this world. Why are they not transforming continually through billions and millions and trillions of years? It makes no sense. Listen. He's the one that has determined the bounds of all of our habitation. What does that mean? That means He knows when your life will be over. 
He gave you life. He's the one that will cut the thread of life that you are breathing tonight. He knows exactly the very last second that your heart will stop beating and your soul will leave your body and it will go back to God who gave it and that soul will live on in either heaven or hell. That body will go back to the dust of the earth from which it was originally formed and that soul will go to God and if it's not prepared, that soul will burn forever and ever and one day when judgment comes, it will be joined to an everlasting body and soul and body will burn in hell forever and ever and ever. But if you're prepared, that soul will live on with Jesus. You will live on in the portals of glory with God's people that have been born again, that have had their names written in the Lamb's book of life. And you'll have peace and contentment and everlasting joy. That God has prepared for those that love Him. And one day just as those that are lost and in their sins. When that soul is joined to a new body. It's able to burn forever and ever. Thanks be unto God. We that are God's children. Although we'll have a new body that will be joined to that soul. And we'll live on in the portals of glory. For as the endless ages roll on. We'll be able to enjoy. What God has prepared, but He has determined the bounds of all of our habitation tonight. This may be my last opportunity to preach. This may be your last opportunity to seek the Lord and be saved. This may be your last chance to get things right with God because God has determined the bounds of your habitation. Listen. Listen what Paul said. He's trying to get them to understand this is God who you're ignorantly worshiping. Now, what does it ignorant mean? It doesn't mean you're dumb. It means you just don't know. You don't fully understand. You don't fully comprehend. They didn't really know who God was. So Paul said, let me tell you about Him. You know what, Paul, how he could talk about God? He could talk about Him because Paul knew God. Correction, Paul knows God. He still knows Him. He's still alive and well. And He's with Him in the portals of glory. But I want you to know tonight that you can know the unknown God. You can know Him. I mean know Him on a first name basis. I can talk to Him anytime I need to. And He talks to me. And it's such a privilege and an honor to know that I don't just know Him but He claims me as His own. I can claim Him as my God and He claims me as His child. I know Him. I have experienced Him and I know Him inside of my soul. Listen, how are you going to know God? How are you going to find God? Listen what Paul is telling these Athenians here. At Greece, I can just see him upon that Mars hill filled with the Spirit of God. I'm just letting them know about this unknown God. He said that they should seek the Lord. You want to know God? Seek out after Him. How do you know? How do you seek? You just do exactly what Paul is saying. He says if happily, that means if by happen, if by chance they might feel after Him and find Him. Though He be not far from every one of us. I like how He explains it and breaks it down. I just try to preach from the Word of the Lord whatever God gives us. But listen, He's telling you if you want to know the unknown God, you're going to have to seek Him. You know what seeking is? You've played hide and seek before. If somebody's out there and you can't find them, what do you do? You go looking for Him. That's what you need to do. You need to go looking for God. And how do you go looking for Him? Through prayer. Through prayer. Through seeking Him. He said, if happily, they might find Him. But what you got to do is you got to feel after Him. You ever seen a person that's blind that can't see where they're going? Maybe you've been in that place where you've been in a dark room where you are in a place you're not familiar with and it's dark and you can't feel. You don't know which way to go. You know what you do? You feel. You feel your way around the room so you don't run into things. You try to feel around for obstacles. That's the way it is with God. You just have to feel after Him because you can't see Him with these eyes. Or you can't hear Him with these ears. So you just feel after Him. 
Not with your hands, but with your heart. You feel after Him. And you call out to Him. And you know what He'll do? He'll call out to you. He'll deal with you. He'll draw you. He'll help you. But you've got to be willing to seek Him. And you've got to be willing to feel after Him. You see, Paul was telling these Athenians some things. And they saw, boy, this is some new strange doctrine. We hadn't heard anything like this before. And they really hadn't probably, hadn't heard somebody telling about Jesus and the resurrection and Paul declaring this unknown God. I want you to know if you'll seek Him and you'll search for Him and you'll keep seeking Him with all your heart is what Jeremiah said, then you'll find Him. You'll find Him. When you've searched for Him with all your heart. Listen. And when you're going to find Him, He says, and how are you going to find Him? He's not far from every one of us. How is God not far from every one of us? He made the world. He's there sitting on His throne in heaven. Well, this same God that's on the throne in heaven is powerful and big enough to be everywhere at the same time. He's omnipresent. He is able to be everywhere at the same time. It blows my mind. That God, here in Bowling Green, Kentucky, can convict a sinner's heart. He can draw them to His dear Son. He can bring them to a place where they'll repent to God's satisfaction and believe in the Lord Jesus. And He can save somebody's soul right here in Bowling Green, Kentucky and over somewhere across the seas. And right at the same exact moment, He's a big enough God to do that because He is all-powerful And He's all present. And He's also all knowing tonight. He knows your heart. He knows if you've been lying about where you're at with God. He knows what's on the inside of your heart. And when you stand before Him, you will not be able to hide it anymore. Listen, he's not far tonight. He's near. He's ready and mighty to save. Apostle Paul says, For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, For we are also his offspring. We come from God. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or a stone graven by art or man's device. They were worshiping uh, golden images and silver and a stone and all these other so-called gods. And you say, I don't do that today. I don't worship and bow down out of these other molten images that man has made up. But you do. You don't realize it. But when you put things in front of God, they become your idol. They become your God that you are worshiping. Little G, they can't be the big one. He's the only one that can be that. But they become your God. When you put put television or uh, games or uh, cell phones or people or or fireworks in front of God, that's what you're doing. You are focusing more on the world and worshiping those things, and on the Lord. Help us, Lord. Listen. He says that we don't worship those types of gods. And the times of this ignorance are not knowing of the unknown God, God winked at. Not that He necessarily overlooked, but He brought His Son into the world to make things right. To to put things in order to tell people. You see, people thought that they were fine. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, all the Jews, they thought we're doing great. We're so close to God. And then Jesus came along and showed them how far off they truly were. And truly tonight, that's what you need to see is that you are worlds away from this holy and perfect and just unknown God, but you're also just a prayer away from knowing Knowing Him. Listen, He said at the times of this ignorance, God winked at it. But now, when? Now, right now, commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Clear off something here tonight. You cannot repent 
or have enough faith within yourself without the grace of God. You can't do it on your own. There's not enough good uh, works in you. There's not enough goodness in you. You need God's help to get you to the place. And you know how God will help you repent? You know how He'll help you to believe? Oh, I'm thankful for the goodness of God. Just as Paul wrote to the church at Rome, he said the goodness of God will lead you to repentance. You know what else God will do? That'll bring you to a place where you'll repent. He'll allow you to feel sorry that you're a sinner. Sorry that you've offended God. And it's not sorry because you've done a little thing here or done a little thing there. You are sorry that God had to send His only Son to hang on a cross and bleed on a tree and die and be laid in a grave because of your sins. It makes you feel terrible that Jesus came and died for you. And you know what that godly sorrow will do? It will help you to repent. It will help you to repent to God's satisfaction. You're on the right road when that starts to happen and it doesn't feel good. As a matter of fact, I believe it's the worst feeling I've ever experienced. To feel separated and to feel convicted of my sins. That word convicted, you know what it means? It means you are convinced that you're a sinner. You're convinced that you are separated from God. We call it lost. It's just you're headed for hell. Are you convinced of that tonight? If you are, God does it. I don't. God does it. But when you feel that conviction, that godly sorrow, if you'll turn to the Lord, He'll help you to repent. He'll help you to repent. You can't do it on your own. Did you hear all the testimonies of everybody trying to work through, trying to do this, trying to do that, and then they got to the end of themselves? I can't do it. Lord, you'll have to do it. And that's when the Lord saved him. Because you don't do anything. Jesus has done it all. He's paid the price. What you've got to do is trust in God. You've got to put your faith and trust in Him. Listen, God will help you to repent. And you think, well, I believe in God. I believe a lot of these people believed in God. They believed in a lot of gods. A lot of people in the world today believe in a higher power. I've heard that and it breaks my heart. Because they say, well, I don't believe like the way you do. Well, you either believe, and I don't mean to single people out, but I believe the Word of God. You either believe through God's only dear Son, or you don't believe at all is the way I believe it. According, you must believe in the one and true living God. There's not just a lot of gods out there. There's maybe some so-called lower G gods out there, but there's one true and living God. And if you're going to be able to believe in Him because that's what it's going to take for you to be saved, you're going to have to repent and you're going to have to believe and they're inseparable graces. It takes God to help you and you don't have enough faith within you. But oh, when grace comes in, when God extends His mercy to us, His unmerited favor, He will grant you the faith To believe with everything you have. Put all your faith in Him. And that moment, when you've repented to God's satisfaction, and you've totally believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, at that very moment, you'll be saved. I believe that with all my heart, according to the Word of God. And that's what I've experienced myself. Now listen. He said, this unknown God... He said He's commanded all men everywhere right now to repent. Because He hath appointed a day in the which He will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom He hath ordained. Who is that? Speaking of God's dear Son, the Lord Jesus. That's who He's ordained. Wherefore He hath given assurance unto all men in that He hath raised Him from the dead. You be assured tonight. That the righteous judge that will be able to judge this world has been ordained to do so because He has uh, given His life for this and He's been resurrected and He is the one that has been ordained and set apart by His Father. Listen. He said He gave everybody witness, assurance, and that He raised Him from the dead. 
Tonight, you'll either probably do one of two things. You'll either desire to know the unknown God and you'll seek Him, or you'll try to, to mock at this and you'll just turn the other way. You see, many of these Athenians, they were very smart. They were philosophers. They were intelligent people. They had studied many different things. But listen what they said. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, they, some mocked and others said, We will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Howbeit, certain men clave unto him and believed. Among the which was Dionysus, Dionysius, the Arepagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. There were some people that believed and began to know the unknown God. Think about that. Paul went and preached. Told them of who God was. They thought they were worshiping God. They thought they were doing right by God. And then they found out who that God really was. And they desired to seek Him. And they believed in the Lord Jesus and were saved. Their lives were changed forevermore there in eternity now. Because of one day they believed in the unknown God. And they began to know Him. Now, Brother Casey made mention about the triune God, and I believe that with all my heart, that God is made up of three parts. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is God. That's who God is. And I want you to understand that tonight to the very best of our ability, that you must believe in God. You're not going to get there by leaving part of Him out. Just can't do that. you got to believe in God totally, fully, who that He is. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. There's a lot of people, I told you, that worship a higher power and they say, I believe in God. But I just don't really believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They ain't going to cut it. It's not going to get you anywhere in favor with God. As a matter of fact, if you leave out His dear Son, you've left out God completely. You've left Him out completely. Why? Because Jesus, He's just as much God as God the Father is. He's God. He came and walked among us and dwelt among us. He's the Son of Man, but He's also the Son of God. He's God. and You can't leave Him out. You must believe in Him. And John was telling them, there's a lot of people out here that are worshiping God, but they're not saying that Jesus really came in the flesh and died for you and my sin. But I promise you, according to the Word of God, that He did do that. He did. Because if He didn't, we'd all be headed for hell. But I know that He did because I know Him. Because I know Him. Listen. He says in every... Spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already it is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. You're telling me God can be in me? He better be in you. If He's not, you'll know it. That's why you feel the way you do. Because you feel separated from God. You feel fearful. You need God on the inside of your heart. You need Him there. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. We are of God. He that, uh, he that knoweth God heareth us. I pray that you'd hear the Word of God tonight. You'd hear God speak to your heart. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error. I hope you believe the report tonight. I pray that you do. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. I reckon one of the first things I remember experiencing, when God saved my soul, 
Yes, I felt peace with God. That's uh, truly, that's what salvation is. There's peace with God. And it passes all our comprehension and understanding. But one of the first fruits I felt was that love that flooded my soul. I just the overwhelming love of God. Because you know why? God is love. We experience love. We think we love our parents. Oh, you have no idea what love is until you've experienced the love of a holy and almighty God. There's nothing like the love of God. Listen, he says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God, I want you to know, God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This is how He showed His love to us. How He made it known unto us the love of God toward us. Because that God, God the Father, sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And He wasn't just talking about physically live for some 70, 80, 90, 100 years here in this world. He's talking about living forever and ever. That's why Jesus came into this world. And who sent Him? His Father sent Him. God the Father sent His only Son. And when did this all pan and plan out? Well, it was planned before God formed the worlds. It was planned before the foundation of the world. Jesus was willing to come and give His life. He says, herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. God the Father loves you so much tonight. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. He sent His only Son. God the Father sent His only begotten Son to atone for your sins. To atone for my sins. God has done that for you. God the Father sent His Son because you know why? You can't pay for Him. can't pay for Him. You don't have enough. You don't have enough to buy your way to heaven. You don't, haven't done enough good deeds. You can't be dunked in enough water. You cannot get favor with God except through and by believing in His dear Son. How are you going to have to seek Him? Listen. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. we got a lot of people here tonight that believe that God is who that He says He is. They've witnessed Him. they felt Him in their lives. They've testified of who that He is. But I could dare say, not one person here tonight has seen God with these eyes. Not seen Him with these eyes. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He hath given us of His Spirit. told you there were three parts to the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is God. God sent His only Son into the world, uh, not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And because of Jesus, when we believe in Him, when we put our faith and trust in Him, the third part, uh, person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, who, as Brother Casey said last night, and I amen Him wholeheartedly, is just as much God as God the Father, and God the Son, the Holy Spirit, He is God. He lets us know when we have been saved. He lets us know when we're lost. And He lets us know when we've been saved. How do I know God? I know Him in my heart. I know Him through the Holy Spirit that has spoken to me and has testified that God sent His own Son to die for me. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. I believe that God sent His only Son into the world and I have been confirmed of that because God has reassured it to me by letting me know that He's done it by placing His Spirit within my heart. I told you God needs to be in you. How does He come in you? Through His Holy Spirit. Comes and takes His abode inside your heart. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him, and He in God. 
John wasn't talking about this easy believism mess. He was confirming. He's saying people that know that God sent His Son to save them and to die on a cross for them and was resurrected that third and glorious day. People that know that, I have confirmed it with them and they have confessed that truly I did what I said I was going to do. They confess that they know that God is telling the truth. And we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Apostle Paul, talking to those Athenians, he said, You need to seek God, because judgment is coming. There's coming a day where every single person will stand before a holy and just God have to give an account of things done in this body and the books will be open and you'll be judged out of the things which you've done in this body. But most importantly, the one book that will be open is the book of life. He'll search and He'll look and if your name is not there, you'll know it and He'll know it because you have not known the unknown God. Judgment is coming. But listen, they that are God's children, we don't have to be afraid, do we? There's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. I don't know if you're scared tonight. I can't make you scared. I can't make you troubled. But I know this. When you are separated from God, you're separated from your family and friends and loved ones, I know you can, uh, you can love them now. You can hug them now. You can share the uh, compassion and love and friendship with your friends now. But I want you to know, if you're lost and separated from God, and they're saved, they're going to heaven, and you're going to hell, and you are separated from them You're separated and you're going to be that way for all of eternity if you don't seek God. Separated. If there's torment, if there's trouble, that's God letting you know that something's not right. I appreciate this way. I really do. Last night, we waited and we prayed and we sang we did what we know to do is wait on God for Him to do His work. Folks, we are so blessed not only to be in this country but to be in this church capacity to be in a place where we let people pray until God has revealed to them that they know Him. Folks, we are so blessed to know the unknown God and all we can do is tell sinners, He's real, He's real, He's in my heart, I know Him, and you can too. We're blessed tonight. So blessed. We love Him because He first loved us. You need God the Father, you need God the Son, and you need God the Holy Spirit. You need God. This world needs God. Everybody needs God. Without Him, you're not breathing. You're not existing. You're not moving. You're not thinking. You're not doing anything without God giving you the capacity and the abilities to do so. But especially when it comes to eternal salvation and knowing where you stand in your soul with God, you need Him to help you. You need Him so bad. Listen, in John 6 and 44, it tells us that uh, you can try to come to God all you want to, and I encourage you, and I would beg you to continue to seek the Lord, but you need God the Father to draw you to His dear Son. You know what? It's okay to come to God asking Him to do that. It's okay. I believe that. I believe you need to beg God to be merciful to you. Listen, isn't it 
Isn't it amazing that in James in the fourth chapter it says, if you draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. God the Father wants to draw you to His own Son. 44th verse of the sixth chapter of John, No man can come to me. This is Jesus doing the speaking. The Son of God. And you must have Him. You must know Him. No man can come to Jesus except the Father which hath sent me. Draw Him and I will raise Him up at the last day. We need the drawing power of God to draw our sinners to Him. And He's able to do so. But do we really want it? Do we really desire it? God's people, we ought to be praying that God the Father would draw them. He desires to. Do they really want Him to? It's uncomfortable. Oh, it's uncomfortable when God draws you to His dear Son. It's uncomfortable, but it's needful and it's necessary in order you to be saved. It's necessary. You've got to be drawn by the Holy Spirit of God. God the Father will draw you. You know who you need? Boy, we need the Son, don't we? If it wasn't for the Son, we'd all be, we'd all be doomed. Thank the Lord. Oh, John, baptizing there, saw him coming. Behold, the Lamb of God, which has come to take away the sin of the world. I'm so thankful for Jesus. You know who Jesus is? He's the Savior of the world. He's the Savior of the world, especially to them that believe. If you believe tonight, trust in the Lord. Jesus was telling them, don't, you don't have to be worried. Telling his disciples, you don't have to be troubled. They were trying to figure out, well, you're going away. How do we know where to get to you? Jesus said in the 6th chapter, the 6th verse of the 14th chapter of John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, one day you're confusing me. You said, I need the Father to draw me, and I need the Son to be able to get to the Father. You need them both. You need God to help you, and you don't know how to do that. So what do you do? You do like Paul said. You just feel after Him. You just seek out after Him. You pray to Him. Ask Him to help you to pray the prayer you need to pray. Ask Him to help you, Father. Help me, Son. Help me, Holy Spirit. God, help me. I need God. I need God. You need Him tonight. Listen. He said He's the only way. You can't get to the Father but by Him. As a matter of fact, He is the mediator between man and God. He died on the cross of Calvary so that we can have access to God. Otherwise, there'd be no way we could get to heaven. No way we could be saved. But through Jesus, we can be saved. You can be saved this very night by believing in the Lord Jesus with all your heart. He said, if you'd known me, you should have known my Father. Also and from henceforth you know Him and have seen Him. Well, that doesn't make sense. John said, no man has seen God at any time. Oh, when they saw Jesus, they were seeing God. Oh, when I've seen and felt the Holy Spirit move in my life, I've seen God. Not with these eyes, but I've seen Him with the eye of faith in my heart. I've seen God working in my life. I've seen Him. Listen, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Seemed like such foolishness to the Lord. Philip said, well, Jesus, just show us who God really is. And it'll, it'll make a, we'll be, we'll be sufficed. We'll have all we need. You show us, God the Father. He said, Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? <laughs> he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? You can see God tonight. Through the eye of faith. You can see Him in your heart. Those people that got saved that day on Mars Hill, they believed in the unknown God. And they saw Him here in their heart. They witnessed, not with these eyes, but in your heart. You'll be able to know the unknown God. You need God the Father. You need God the Son. And you sure need God the Holy Spirit. He is in our midst tonight. and He desires to know you. He desires to know you. Did you know that there would be many in that day that will come at that last judgment day and they'll say, 
Lord, we've cast out devils in Thy name. We've paid tithes in Thy name. We've worshipped in Thy name. And He'll say to them, Depart from Me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Not only do you need to know the unknown God, He needs to know you. On a personal level, you need to have a personal experience. The rest of the world says, just go about the motion and live your life in faith. And that's great and all. But it must start with a personal experience where God has revealed Himself that He is the God that you know. And He knows you. It's got to have a start. Got to have a start. Now if you've got that, God will let you know that. There's a time and place. You may not know the day. You may not know the hour. You may not know the season of the year. But you know there's a spot that God takes you to where you begin to know God. Know Him. You need the Holy Spirit to help you tonight. Jesus said in the 26th verse of the 15th chapter of John, He said, But when the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father... Even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, He shall testify of Me. Holy Spirit lets you know who God is. He lets you know that what I'm telling you is the truth. I love the Holy Spirit. He he just confirms the truth of God's Word. It stirs in my soul. When I feel the preaching of the Gospel and I know it's the truth. I read it in God's Word, but the Holy Spirit just drives it home and it says, truly it's the real thing. I know that it is because I can feel it down in the depths of my soul. Why? Because I know God. I know Him in the free pardon of sin. And if you're here tonight and you're lost and you feel that trouble, you feel that condemnation, you know that you don't know God, that is God confirming through His Holy Spirit that this is the truth. It's the truth. He'll let you know it. And the Holy Spirit will help you by convicting you. Nevertheless, in the seventh verse of this 16th chapter, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, capitalized, because it's speaking of the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send Him unto you. And when He has come, He will reprove or convict or convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Truly, He does that. Uh, He says of sin because they believe not on Me. The reason that you feel the way you do is because God, through the third person of His Godhead, the Holy Spirit is convincing you that you're a sinner and you're separated from God. And He'll do the convincing when He saved you too. He'll convince you that you're a sinner. When you get saved, He'll let you know you've been saved. The Holy Spirit does that. You need Him tonight. You need God. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. There was none righteous. No, not one. Jesus Himself said that. There's none. But He was The image of the invisible God is who that Jesus was walking here on the face of the earth. Listen, you need to be convinced that only God is righteous and you're not. You will not get to heaven without God's righteousness. Can't get there. You must have the righteousness of God imputed into your heart. And I can't do that. You can't do that. Only God can do that. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I hope you know that you need to know God before you stand before Him in judgment. And God's Holy Spirit can let you know that judgment is coming. I don't think we really take it very seriously about how serious this day is going to be. That people will stand before a holy and just God, the perfect Creator of all things, and give an account of everything done. I hope you know that if you reject His dear Son, there is no word or explanation that you can give that you have not fully trusted and believed in Jesus. His wrath will be so poured out on you 
He will grab you by His infinite power and wisdom and might and He will cast you off into a lake of fire where there will be tormenting and weeping and gnashing of teeth forever and ever. And boy, that's terrible. But that's the way it is. He loves His Son so much. I love my little girls. I can't imagine somebody hurting them. said many a times, It'd probably put me in a bad place if somebody hurt my little girls because of what I'd probably have to do to respond to try to protect them babies. Our Father loves His Son so much. He loves Him so much. And He loves you so much too that He sent His only Son. He allowed Him to bleed, to die, to be laid in a grave, to be tortured. To lay in that grave. Take your and my sins. Lay them there. He allowed him to go through that because he loves you. Tonight, you need him. You need him tonight. You need the Holy Spirit. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot hear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come. Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit of God, He'll guide you into all truth. We're celebrating Independence Day tonight. Today, if you know the Son, the Son will make you free indeed. But you're going to have to know the Son you're going to have to know the Father. And you're going to have to know the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to know God. And you can't do it without His help. But I want you to know tonight that He has made every provision possible for you to be saved tonight. He's made it all possible. All He wants you to do is to seek Him and to search Him with all your heart. And if you'll do that tonight, I promise you, He will help you to go all the way. He'll help you. If we can, let's have a song tonight. If you're here tonight and you're lost, won't you come? Won't you come and seek the Lord? The unknown God, I know Him. You can too tonight. Don't you want to know Him?